0: Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast if you want to listen live all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for fantasy sports radio network also if you want to catch this show on video be sure to check out zumo tv channel 719 that's where you can find sports grids fantasy sports network enjoy the show and thanks so much for listening
1: i from the betting capital of the world
2: vegas baby vegas
1: it's wager talk with teddy covers and ralph michaels
2: It's b- 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 Friday here in Sin City, and welcome to the Wager Talk Weekend Preview Show here on the Sports Grid TV Network. This is your Sports Central for Betters. I'm Ted Savransky, aka Teddy Covers, at Teddy underscore covers on Twitter. Joined by my co host and good friend Ralph Michaels at CalSportsLV on Twitter. And on today's show, we're going to do NBA and college hoops breakdowns direct from Vegas, plus. A look at the NFL Combine props and a report from the other side of the counter with Arthur De Caesar from the Caesar Sportsbook family he works at the Link uh, Hotel and Casino right here in Las Vegas. So Ralph, let's get into it. And of course, many books in the U.S. do not offer numbers on the Combine. That being said, some books do, and by goodness sake, they're interesting to talk about. You know, we've seen movement on this. And, of course, some of these numbers are Wonderlick numbers. And, of course, a wonderlick is a test comprised of 50 questions that must be answered within a 12-minute time limit. In theory, it's in use along uh, across a wide variety of industries. The reality uh, is that <laughs> the Wonderlick gets no more attention than it does at this time of the year in the NFL draft combine. A tweet from Everett Johnson, the average score of the Wonderlick test is 20. Clay Matthews scored a 26, Ryan Fitzpatrick a 48, and Frank Gore a 6. When we talk about recent uh, uh, Wonderlick uh, performances, uh, basically, of the 76 players who took the test last year, 20 had a score of 30 or higher. Ryan Finley, the Bengals quarterback, had the highest score with a 43, joining Gardner Minshew as the only players the first players I should say to achieve a score of 40 or higher since Carson Wentz got it in 2016 so there's a little drama or history or information about the Wonderlick test when we come back from our news update we're going to talk about the odds talk about our opinions and give Ralph Michaels a chance to talk <laughs> sorry Ralph I've hijacked the first part of the show. Be right back after this new talk.
1: I am Alex Pasano with your sports grid news update here on What 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 Wager Talk. We're gonna start in Major League Baseball. Angels Griffin Canning will undergo treatment after an MRI comes up inconclusive. The Angels pitcher will undergo treatment on his sore right elbow and on MRI on Thursday was inconclusive. Sources told ESPN's Alden Gonzalez. Canning is expected to throw again after receiving treatment to see how his elbow responds. Canning pitched two scoreless innings against the Dodgers on Wednesday and had discomfort after coming out of the game, says manager Joe Madden. This is a quote from Madden. He's had a history, so of course you're concerned. The 23-year-old right-hander went 5-6 with a 4.58 ERA last season. In the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals are headed back to Mexico City. Fifteen years after they played there in the NFL's first regular season game outside of the United States, the Cardinals will return to Mexico's capital for another regular season game, this time in 2020. Details of the day: What kickoff time, what opponent are not yet released, but they have confirmed that the Cardinals will be the home team and the game will be played at Estadio Azteca. The trip will be Arizona's trade-off for hosting Super Bowl 52 in February of 20. Uh, excuse me, six, uh, 57. Excuse me, in February of 2023. The NFL stipulates that the host team for a Super Bowl must give up a home game. Internationally And in the NBA, well, they fined the Minnesota Timberwolves $25,000 on Thursday for violating the league's player resting policy, marking it the first time since the league has fined a team under the new rules since putting them in place in 2017. The violation occurred when the Timberwolves rested D'Angelo Russell, a healthy player, under the policy. During Sunday's road game against the Nuggets in Denver, the league said the resting policy limits teams from sitting healthy players in high profile nationally television. Game. Well, Sunday's game was on NBA TV. The policy requires that the team rest players only when they are home, unless there are unusual circumstances. This has been your Sports Grid News Update. I am Alex Fasano. Now back to Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels on Wager Talk.
2: All right, Ralph, we're talking about the Wonderlick scores, and we have again numbers. Available some places, not available others. But I want to talk about them, at least for a discussion standpoint. Let's start with the quarterback with the highest wunderlick score. All right, three guys stand out in that regard. You know, you have Jake Fromm, who graduated high school with a perfect 4.0 GPA. He took a bunch of AP classes. And he was a first-team all-academic, all-district in 2019. Justin Herbert uh, was a first-team academic All-American in 2017 and 18. And he claimed the William Campbell Trophy also called the academic Heisman, this year. And let's not forget Jalen Hurts, a guy who graduated uh, in three years from Alabama with a degree in communication. He's working on his master's degree in human relations uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners this last year. Those are the three top guys on the list. Herbert at plus 150, Fromm at plus 250, Jalen Hurts at plus 400, then of course, Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovia, uh, Jordan Love, Jacob Eason, and Kelly Bryant, all at plus 500 or higher. Anything on the WonderLick test. Ralph, I'm sorry for hijacking. Please tell us what you think.
3: Hey, Teddy, welcome. Um, it's nothing I'm going to get involved with. Number one, the NFL doesn't officially release the Wonderlick results. So the casinos that are taking these are taking it on the chance that the media is going to get it right. So it's nothing I'm going to bet. I, I there's nothing I know there's value with. To me, it's almost like the coin flip. You know, you're guessing at what these people would do on this test. So when we get to the skills competitions and something that there has a result from a positive that we we know the past results, I'll look at, but this is something that's fun with me. And, you know, like you said, only one person's got a perfect score, Pat McAnally. Uh, I, I will throw out this fun fact as well. A Sporting News did a good article on the Wonderlick. The average Wonderlick score for a system analysis and a chemist is 31 and 32. So put that in perspective when we're looking at numbers moving forward.
2: Sure. I mean, yeah, a systems analyst and a chemist being at 31 or 32, that's not 40s. That's not 48s. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick with some impressive numbers. So highest Wonderlick score at the 2020 Combine, over under 41 and a half. Lowest Wonderlick score, over under 10 and a half. And then you've got a whole bunch of numbers about will records be broken? You know, will Stephen Paye's 49 rep bench press be broken? Yes, plus 550. That's not likely to happen. The no minus 1,000. Will Chris Conley's 45-inch vertical uh, be broken? Yes, plus 200. Will Byron Jones... 12.3 broad jump record be broken yes plus 150 will jt thomas's 6.2 second three cone drill record be broken yes plus 110 that one appears to be pretty live to go down brandon cook's 3.81 second 20 yard shuttle record be broken yes plus 140 there's a bunch of these like that uh ralph where they're talking about the records and will they go down? Anything stand out to you from that group? Or should we talk about where the odds have moved so far?
3: Well, you know, uh, the uh, the the couple that I, I I I like looking at some of the individual players, Teddy. I'm not going to look at a record because. The, the records, to me, I don't study the combine high enough. But when we start talking about some of the players in a few minutes, there are some where I have how many have broken in in certain situations. So I like looking at those.
2: Sure. Last word on the wonderlick Will Pat McInally's 50-point wonderlick score record be matched? Yes, plus 800. No, minus 2,500. Now, we have seen a bunch of odds movements on this. Under 42. 40- Sorry, 4.29 seconds on the fastest 40-yard dash time, the under taking money there. The fastest 20-yard shuttle time over 3.88 seconds, the over taking money there. Same story with the fastest 60-yard shuttle. And then, of course, you know, uh, some of these drills. Any opinion on any of this stuff? Should we start talking about some of the players here, Ralph?
3: Yeah. You know, uh, so, you know, in the forties, I-, I think so, because you have some players that have been close, you know, Justin Jefferson ran a four, 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 and, and the over under is four-five-one, Uh, and, and the cone drill, you know, you're looking at some guys making numbers where mm-hmm. there have been multiple people to break those. So uh, I-, I think there is some live value in those, but again, going through them each individually, it's tough to do, but, uh, you know, the one the one that jumps out at me is Justin Jefferson breaking the 40-yard dash record. I, I think he's talked about doing it, and he's been close in his warm-up so far.
2: Yeah, I mean, Henry Ruggs uh, was someone who attracted a lot of betting attention uh, for the 40-yard dash on the under. Um, he ran a 4.27, uh, and better saw that one uh, coming in again. Uh, there's no shortage of guys. You know, we saw, as you talking about Jefferson, clocked at 4.44 on February 26th. Uh, we saw Justin Herbert's 40-yard dash time. What did he run? A 4.71 and then a 4.69. That was right around the number. Jalen Hurts, similar story uh, for him. So, what, I mean, final word on the combine, on these draft props in general, Ralph. Is this something you get involved with at all? Or is this something, if you're putting a ton of time and attention to it, you might find something, but for the casual, better, probably better to stay away. What's your take?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, it's so random, Teddy, because people are looking to impress in different ways and I'm not a huge fan of the combine. You know, it breaks it out. I I want to look at, at film, watch what a player's done, know if the player can play. And I think the only people that, that really can jump up are, the people that perhaps run faster than people expect when you get an offensive lineman with speed or like Metcalf ran and he improved so much in the combine that he moved up. But to me, it's just a glorified scrimmages that that don't translate that much into football.
2: Yeah, and of course, when it comes to draft props, you see those all over the place. We'll talk about NFL draft props a little bit later in the show when Arthur Caesar joins us from. Uh, the Link uh, Sportsbook here in Las Vegas, one of the Caesars uh properties here in town. We still have a ton to get through on the show. Obviously, Arthur de Caesar is going to join us. We have our college hoops weekend preview coming up. We'll talk the biggest games for Saturday and Sunday. Same story in the NBA. So loaded show, weekend pre-wager talk. Let's just stay on. The Grid. Thanks for watching. To wager talk here, our weekend preview edition right here on the Sports Grid TV network. Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels. And Ralph, let's get into it because the dance is just around the corner, my friend. Really, this weekend, obviously, the calendar turns from February to March. And in March, if you weren't paying attention to college basketball before, you tend to start paying attention around this time of the year. And we have a bevy of marquee matchups on national TV. Let's start in the Big Ten, where Michigan State and Maryland, two teams that have shown signs of being national championship contenders, and have also shown signs of being flawed and vulnerable. Well, Sparty travels to College Park this weekend. What's your take on Michigan State and Maryland TV action on Saturday?
3: Teddy, we're, you know, this is live on Friday and we're playing the show on Saturday. So, you know, we jump ahead to the Saturday games. But for those that don't think March Madness is right around the corner, let me tell you that on Friday night in the Horizon League, a huge game to decide who's going to win the Horizon between Wright State and Northern Kentucky, that's the final regular season game for those. So we have some conferences that will on Saturday morning be done with the regular season, we know we still got a week and a half left of the Big Ten. Uh I, you know, I'm gonna be on Maryland. I see no reason not to. I'm gonna lay up to three with the Terps. People may say, oh, Michigan State has home loss revenge. Well, I'll tell you what. In the last 11 times Michigan State lost at home and has revenged their foe, they've gone 4-7 against the spread. Maryland undefeated at home. I think Maryland has a better offense. I think Maryland has a better defense. And I'm happy to lay up to 3-3 three and three or even 3 and a half with Maryland. If the line comes shorter than that, I don't think it will. I'll be on them. If it comes more than that, I'm going to just not lay it with that Michigan State defense, which, by the way, I do have a ticket to win it all because you have a point guard of Cassius Winston, the best coach in the tournament, and the Spartans' defense that I think they will be at least a sweet 16 run, if not further into the tourney than that.
2: And, of course, Maryland coming off an impressive come-from-behind win in the closing minutes. At Minnesota to steal that game by a single point. See if they can carry that momentum forward uh, against the Spartans on Saturday. Well, Duke cashed a nice ticket for me (laughs) last week after their first blowout loss on the road. Then they did it again uh, this past week uh, where they got slapped around. Um, First of all, is there something wrong with the Blue Devils? Second of all, can they go to Virginia and get a win? And third of all, the Cavs all of a sudden starting to play a little bit better is Virginia, who is still officially a bubble team. Are they capable of knocking off Duke? What's your take on the Blue Devils and the Cavs?
3: Well, hell yeah. I mean, my power ratings only have Duke as a as a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Virginia, so Virginia is clearly capable of beating them. Yeah, let's not forget, this Virginia team – Had a lot of turnover, had some injuries. They still are an elite defense. Number four, as far as Ken Palm ratings go, uh, since their loss at NC State, they've gone eight and one down the stretch. The only loss was at Louisville. Uh, You know, Duke, Duke is a team. What's wrong with Duke? Well, you have a freshman at shooting forward. You have a freshman at power forward. You have a freshman at center. You have a sophomore point guard, and those guys aren't Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. So you still have elite freshmen, but they're not freshmen that are going to be the number one and number two draft picks. So you just have a step down from where you are. Uh, Duke has been a popular team playing them off a loss. I think the entire world was on them against Virginia Tech off that loss to NC State. But I'm not going to be so quick here. Duke FYI is 12 and 5 ATS off a straight up loss. I think the public's going to be all over Duke. If Virginia is getting 5 or more, I will play on Virginia. Duke would have to be laying 1 or less for me to be on Duke. So that's my 4 point window there which which I'll be on one side or the other side.
2: And that's an important thing. Let me talk about that for a minute, Ralph. When you when you're putting uh When you're going through the card before the lines are out, you're putting hypothetical numbers there. You're saying if the number comes out here, I'll look at this side. If your number comes out there, I'll look at the other side. Are there a lot of games or most games you're willing to take both teams? Or is it a situation in general where you'll say, well, I like this squad. If I can get them at this price, I'll be involved. If I can't, I'll leave the game alone.
3: Eddie, I think we could do a whole show on this. And I think it would be worthy of doing a whole show. You know, there's so many times people say, oh, I like this team without knowing what the number is, without having a number in their head. And they'll bet that team no matter what the line is. Obviously, you and I and 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 anyone that's in the industry as and doing it for a living makes power ratings on every game prior to the number coming out. And when there's a discrepancy, you'll start looking in college basketball. It's a little different because I set my number. When I have a difference from that number, I start doing more reading and take the game to the next level. And then I may start liking the other side or I may just make it a no play. So it really does vary in in college basketball because there's so many parts and pieces and people injured and banged up. So. My number, if I'm two and a half off from my number, I'll start looking at that. But by no means is it a play. But there are certain times when if I have a five-point difference between where I was, I will actually play either side of the game.
2: And, of course, there's an old adage that I think it rings very true. You know, the difference between recreational bettors and professional bettors. You know, squares bet teams, sharps bet numbers. And you talked about that concept. Well, oh, I like whoever. You know, I like Duke against Virginia. Well, uh, that's something the recreational better will say. A pro better will say, let's see what the number is. (laughs) And if the number fits into where uh, I find value, that's when I'll get involved. Big difference between pros and Joes in that regard. There was a big difference between St. Mary's and Gonzaga the first time these two teams met. It was not pretty for the Gales. And St. Mary's has shown a fair bit of vulnerability this year. That being said, The Zag lost to BYU. (laughs) So they've shown their own vulnerability. What's your take on the Gales and the Zags late night, Saturday night?
3: Well, losing to BYU is not a big deal for me. I have BYU right now as one of my top 20 teams in the country, and the Zags went to BYU and lost. So no harm in that. I think it actually helps them relax moving forward, not worrying about a win streak. Uh, I I am not going to play against the Zags. This is one where I I put the Zags number at at 13. So, you know, if they're laying 10 or less, I will will play it with them. Yes, they beat St. Mary's earlier this year. uh, But they also remember, this is a game where I want to bring up that the Zags lost to St. Mary's last year in the tournament. That got St. Mary's in, but it's not a game that I'm saying, Oh, the Zags have revenge for a tournament loss because when you're Gonzaga and you're in the finals, your seating didn't change one bit from winning or losing to St. Mary's. It's much different than having tournament revenge from the year before and not making the NCAA tournament compared to just losing one more game to St. Mary's my line uh, about 12 or 12 and a half on this game. So, Two and a half points either way would have me leaning with that team.
2: Yeah, I know that uh, the Zags already got their revenge uh, on the Gales for that uh, loss earlier in the season. I talked about a winning bet I made on Duke uh, against Virginia Tech. Here's a losing bet that I made. I had Michigan at home against Ohio State when these two teams played uh, What a little bit less than a month ago. And the Buckeyes were the better team. They certainly made all the plays down the stretch. They won the game in straight-up fashion in Ann Arbor. I had a losing ticket on the Wolverines in my pocket for that one. Revenge match on Sunday. Can Michigan get the job done on the road in Columbus, or is Ohio State going to win and cover once again against Juwan Howard's Wolverines?
3: Eddie, you know, how about there's only a handful of teams in the country with top 20 Ken Palm offense and defensive efficiencies. I think there's four. There's only one in the big 10 and that's Ohio state. How surprising is that? You have a team that's 19 and nine, nine and eight in conference play yet your top 20 offense and defensive efficiency. As far as Ken Palm numbers go, they've turned it around. They had some injuries earlier. They still have DJ Carlton. Who's on a leave of absence for mental issues. If he comes back, he'll be a boost. Uh I like this Michigan team. I really was fading this Michigan team lately, but they are a team that with Isaiah Livers playing and when he's playing healthy, uh, they, they can beat anyone. I'm, I'm good with Ohio state in this game up until minus four. So minus two, I'll look at Ohio state plus six. I'll start looking at Michigan, but I think I'm just going to watch and enjoy this one and see if Ohio State can't finish strong on a 9-1 and one run.
2: Sure. It's definitely worth noting when teams have that type of statistical profile they're top 20 on offense and top 20 on defense, the betting markets don't ignore that. <laughs> you know, that's something that they pay a lot of attention to. So the advanced metric guys have been and will continue to be betting Ohio State on a fairly consistent basis. Let's talk one more, another TV game for Sunday. How about Cincinnati and Houston? The American Athletic Conference doesn't get the love they deserve in hoops. They're hot. 30 seconds are off. What do we got? Bearcats and the Cougs.
3: If I have to watch Cincinnati's offense on the road one more time, I'm gonna shoot myself. Houston gets it done. Houston's offense is much better. Houston's defense is very good at home. Calvin Sampson hasn't great. I'm gonna lay up to seven and a half or eight with Houston. And I think it's very
2: possibly a play on Sunday. Arthur de Caesar from the Link Sportsbook coming up next. Indeed knows finding the right hire takes time away from your business. Hiring a qualified data engineer felt like a second job. More job seekers use Indeed than any other site.
4: Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code dunk. Visit dailyrodo.com backslash dunk to learn more.
2: Welcome back to wager talks weekend preview edition. Teddy covers and Ralph Michaels, breaking on the world of sports and sports betting for you uh, from Las Vegas. And we like to do this every Friday. One of my favorite segments of the week really is. Arthur Caesar from the Link Sportsbook, one of the Caesars properties here in Las Vegas, joins the show, gives us a look from the other side of the counter. Arthur, welcome to Wager Talk here on a Friday.
0: Teddy, Ralph, pleasure to be here as always. What a beautiful day in Sin City, and let's go.
2: <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, spring in Vegas is something special, man. Late February, March, it's beautiful every day. The beautiful sunny day today. And the NFL draft is on its way to Las Vegas. Talk about the prop market at length. And, Caesar, what are you guys going to be offering when it comes to NFL draft props?
0: You know what, Teddy? This year, obviously, with the draft being here, we're going to have a very big market. Um, I don't know exactly what we're going to have as far as bets yet. I mean, and how many, like last year we might've had 10, but obviously if being here this year, it's definitely going to be, I could see 20, 30, maybe even 40 props. There have been talks about Tua props, maybe quarterback over under first round props. So there's going to be a lot for the people who are coming in town for that weekend to bet. It's going to be a lot of fun.
3: You know, talk about the link in a hole. I mean, you know, we know Super Bowl weekend's huge. We know March Madness weekend's huge. We know when we have big fights in town, it's huge. But you know, this may be one of the biggest weekends there for the hotels being busy and the and the strip being closed in the corner there. Talk about the link as a whole with the draft caddy corner at the Bellagio.
0: Yeah, no, Ralph, you're absolutely right when you say that. I mean, obviously, March Madness, Super Bowl, we all know those are big weekends here, but. I mean, let me just say this: that is be that is like a a restricted weekend. Like you can't request off; you got to be there. It's going to be all hands on deck. So, yeah, NFL draft is going to be really, really fun. And listen, Vegas knows how to hold it, hold an event. You know, have people. So, I, I think we're going to do really well with it here.
2: Yeah, those those restricted weekends where nobody gets a day off, even if they need it. You know uh, that the books are concerned and that the casinos are concerned because. It is going to be packed here in town. It's going to be a likely a pretty profitable weekend for the casinos here in Las Vegas. Let's stay on the NFL for just a little bit longer because obviously we had a. a, I've got a couple questions like this on Twitter, and I wanted to ask you because you're on the other side of the counter, Arthur Caesar, of course, uh, from the Link Sportsbook. When the Golden Knights first came to Vegas, the books got buried all across town that first year. The I mean the Knights. Every game and when they were good and when they went in the playoff run, the books legitimately took a beating on the Knights because every all of a sudden Vegas had a local team for the first time ever and they were winning (laughs) and the markets didn't adjust perhaps as quickly as they should have. Are you worried about that for the Raiders? Are you worried about Gruden putting together a good team? Do you think the numbers are going to be shaded at least a little bit when it comes to the Oakland Raiders here in Las Vegas compared to the rest of the country? Or is the NFL market so big that it just doesn't matter if the money comes a little bit, extra money comes in on the Raiders. It's not going to affect things. What's your take on the Las Vegas Raiders and how both Caesars and the town in general are going to deal with them from a sports betting standpoint?
0: Yeah. You know, I look at it as the NFL market is just so big and so tight that I don't know if we'll be anything like the Knights. I mean, the Knights Would they opened 500-1 to to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, that's just something you'll never see again. Um, I will say this, though, because it is a local team and people want to have tickets on it, you know, the Raiders at 30-1 to to win the Super Bowl. There's a liability on that, but that wasn't what the Knights were. So I think you're going to have that, but I think as far as game-to-game goes, it's going to be business as usual for the NFL. The NFL, you know, it's just going to be tight all around. So maybe a little bit of liability on the Raiders winning the Super Bowl, but week-to-week, I don't see it.
3: Arthur, there is a report that, you know, Tom Brady has said, I'm operating under the belief that I will be a free agent next year. Talk to us about the Tom Brady props and, you know, where he's going to land and any action on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the Brady thing is incredibly interesting. I mean, I I don't know. I'm still a believer he'll probably end up with New England. I mean, you know, there were talks for a while. Maybe he'd go to the Raiders. I, I mean, I don't know. There's probably only one or two teams that would make sense for him outside of New England. I'm still a believer, stay in New England, you know, finish as a Patriot. You know, you got a year, maybe two left, whatever the case may be. But, you know, pe- people like the Titans. A lot of a lot of people have been feeling the Titans are a good good move for him. They're the second favorite or whatever you want to call it. I'm still a believer he's going back to New England.
2: What, what baffles me is it's not that the Titans had a problem with Tannehill at QB. And it's not like Tom Brady was an elite quarterback this year. Um, I can't think of a team that's going to be better with him than without him. Can you?
0: No, Teddy, that's a great point. I mean, Tannehill and Brady were, you know, I don't know, comparable, whatever you want to say, but Tannehill is at least younger. No, Tannehill was better. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, and he's got some mobility. And, I I mean, listen, obviously there's a connection with, you know, Vrabel being the coach and, you know, they played together and blah, 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 but – I mean, Brady is what, 45 years old, 43 years old, whatever his age is. I'm with you. I think he's going to stay in New England. So, you know, the Brady talk is the Brady talk because it's Tom Brady.
2: That's the truth of it. Let's shift our focus to MLB because the MLB betting markets are really starting to heat up. And I know you've taken a ton of action down at the link. So tell me, what teams are the hot teams in the betting markets right now? Who are the wise guys pounding when it comes to we like this team? Or 2020,
0: let me say this, and I, I might hurt Ralph a little bit here. The Chicago White Sox are this year's Cleveland Browns. Everybody is on the White Sox. The White Sox over the White Sox to win the World Series, to win the division. There is so much. I mean, that's the biggest liability we have on the over right now is White Sox over 85. Biggest liability or under is Astros under 94. I think that's people just saying, hey, screw the Astros, you know, let's root against them all year. So those are the big ones. But so much White Sox money, it's ridiculous.
3: Well, I can see that. You have Minnesota coming off the season. They have, and the Indians made a run. You got to expect them down and, you know, Detroit's still Detroit. So division wise, completely understand that. You know, are are there teams that just don't move the needle at all, where there is no action, or do do we get locals always just betting on their local teams overs as you know, a, a, you know, just as a fan to have that ticket?
0: Yeah, I mean, rough. I mean, listen, the lower teams, you know, Orioles, Royals, you know, Tigers, you know, these type of teams that are going to be bad. Marlins, there's not a lot of market for those teams, but you know, the traditional teams, Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, uh, Dodgers, Giants, you know, Cubs, those are all pretty much national teams with big following. So you see a lot of, a lot of betting on those, whether it's division, over-unders, World Series. So the big teams is where you see it in Major League Baseball.
2: So Arthur, you've come out and said, okay, the White Sox have been the hottest team in the preseason betting marketplace. The Astros have been the bet-against team in the preseason marketplace. That's other guys' opinions. I want your opinion. Give me one bet on and one bet against or one over and one under. Give me a couple teams that Arthur de Caesar has a strong opinion on coming in to the MLB campaign. Sure, absolutely. One team that I really like as far as they're over,
0: I would take over 90 and a half wins for the Oakland A's. And I think... You know, sprinkle a little bit on them to win the division at plus 375. And Ralph mentioned a team earlier in the Central. I like under 86 wins for the Indians. I think they'll take a step
3: back.
2: I wouldn't argue with either yeah, one of those.
3: especially, you know, with Unless Lindor. The, 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 the talk. Go ahead, Teddy.
2: No, no, it's all you, buddy. Finished. You had Lindor. You know, um, you
3: know. The Indians have the Lindor situation where if you have to pay Lindor $25 million with their payroll, they don't have enough to support the rest of their team. So, you know, this is the season they they perhaps trade him at the deadline to get the most for him. So completely agree with the Indians. And you don't know how Carrasco is going to pitch. And, you know, you have the young pitchers that did well when they were the fourth and fifth pitchers. They all move up in the rotation. Uh, you know, one more. Let, let's switch to the NBA real quick, Art and you know, a question, you know, we know NFL, you can get burned. We know college football, you can get burned. Does the NBA, does the public move the needle in the NBA with maybe the exception of the Lakers? And do you get volume enough where you actually have to sweat a decision like you do on some NFL games?
0: Yeah. You know what, Ralph, you actually answered your own question. It's the Lakers. The Lakers are the lakers are a team we worry about every night. I don't think the public really moves the needle on the NBA. You know, you got you got your, you know, day in and day out NBA betters, but nothing crazy, but it is the Lakers. Every night there's liability on the Lakers.
2: But that's really the, the main one. There's not a second team with LA that's getting significant liability on a night in night out basis.
0: No, yeah, not not right now. Just just the Lakers.
2: All right. One last question for Arthur Caesar. Uh, and this is about golf. We're going around the spectrum today. Is there any golf interest off that California swing, or really we don't see any golf, serious golf action until the Masters from April 9th to 12th?
0: Yeah, I mean, the Masters is usually kind of when people say, hey, the season has started. You know, you get all these people coming in with, you know, wanting to put you know, five bets down on five different guys for the Masters. Listen, we do have some people who are in town. They're golf people. Maybe they're in town for the weekend golfing. So they they want to, you know, put money on the golf tournament that weekend. But Masters is when you really start to see people gain some interest in golf. Like for me, I'm not a golf person, but I'll have some Masters bets here and there. So, you know, for me, that's when
2: golf starts. Arthur de Caesar, another great segment, my friend. Thank you so much. Talk about what's going on at The Link right now. Give me some promos and plug. Listen, guys, it is, you know, you said it. It's
0: beautiful out right now. You know, guys, just come down. The strip is popping off right now. And, you know, we got everything happening at The Link, all our fan caves, a lot of things coming. So just come down and check us out, and
2: hopefully I'll see you guys down here this weekend. Great stuff from Arthur Caesar from The Link Sportsbook here in Vegas. NBA weekend preview. When wager talk continues, stay on the grid. of Wager Talks Weekend Preview Edition. That means it's time to talk some NBA. Loaded with marquee matchups. And again, college hoops take center stage as the calendar turns from February to March. These are the dog days of the NBA. That long stretch between the all-star break when people start paying attention again after March Madness dies down a little bit. It's a great time of year to be making money in the NBA because you're finding the betting markets Many times asleep at the wheel when it comes to current form, the season-long stats all baked into the numbers, but the current form is not always baked in the numbers. That being said, when it comes to these two teams, the first game we're going to talk about, national TV matchup between the Rockets and the Celtics on Saturday, both teams are in stellar current form, and neither—not very easy to step in front of either one of them. Boston coming off an uh, impressive road trip that culminated back-to-back wins over the Blazers and the Jazz on back-to-back nights, now returning home. But the Rockets' small ball, man. When you hear Mike D'Antoni's quotes from two weeks ago versus where they are now, two weeks ago, it was like, we got to figure things out. Now, D'Antoni's like, we want to get the number two seed. You know, uh, We're ready to play, and we're ready to win. Fascinating game, fascinating mac- matchup. Rockets and the Celtics in Boston. My number, Boston minus two and a half. Although that could easily be altered based on Kemba Walker status. You have any take on this one, Ralph, as the Rockets take on the Celtics?
3: I do. And I'm going to come back to you with a question as well, Teddy. And my question is this. Houston has won and Houston has beaten Boston four straight times beat him twice last year, the last time in 2017 and already beat him this year when they played back on February 11th. So I want to know how much that means with revenge when you're playing the other conference and you're only playing them twice a year if those losses count for more. But my take is this. I believe in the Rockets. The acquisition of Jeff Green, Utah, you know, Utah cut him. You got a 6 foot 8 guy that fits in perfectly and when you talk about small ball, you know, at least in my mind in the NBA, when I think small ball, I think you're you're playing up-tempo and you're not playing defense. Since they went small ball, they have the number six defensive efficiency in the NBA. So you add that offensive power with a team that's playing good defense, there's no way I can't back the Rockets with, with points in this situation. I want your answer on the revenge situation, Teddy, when you're playing the opposite conference and you've lost four straight.
2: I would say revenge, if you're looking at like reasons to make an NBA bet, revenge would be way down on the Pantheon, you know, Uh, it's not, and especially when you talk about revenge for something that happened last year, all right, they lost one game to them so far this season, revenge in the NBA is meaningful in the home and home situations where you played a team yesterday and you're going to play them again today or tomorrow, Uh, and you lost that game yesterday and you intend to come back and play well. But that it really is about the only time that I find NBA revenge angles to be meaningful is in those home and home sets. Sometimes when you have the better team that's been beaten a couple of times by a weaker foe, they'll step up. But this is one of those situations. These are two perennial playoff teams. It's not like uh, you know one squad has it and one doesn't. So in this instance, I would put the revenge factor minimal, if any at all.
3: Teddy, I want to give a quick lesson to our viewers. If I tell you the Grizzlies are 0-4 ATS the last four games, does that mean they're playing poorly? Not really. All four of those games were on the road. I can also mention the Grizzlies are 12-3 ATS their last 15 home games. That makes the home team 16-3 when the Grizzlies are playing. Now they're getting almost 9 and a half with the TC number. That's the Teddy Covers' Uh, power rating number, the Lakers facing the Grizzlies.
2: And again, let me make this very clear. This is my look-ahead power rating numbers. It is not factoring in any late injury information. It is not factoring in any situational information. It's just Team A's number, Team B's number, home court factored in. And that's where I begin the process of coming coming up with a number game by game. And my number is the Lakers minus 9.5 here. But I have absolutely... Put the Grizzlies, uh, I mean, they're free-falling on my power rings right now. Why? Let's talk about, you know, we talk about cluster injuries in the NFL or in college football where a team is not the first offensive line injury or the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, and now they got no one to play offensive line. So as the injuries at any given position accumulate, it becomes a bigger and bigger liability. So Memphis, John Morant's playing at rookie of the year level. Their best players uh, is Jackson, and they just lost Jackson for an extended stretch. Is their leading scorer is their low post defender. You know he's a meaningful player for Memphis. They lost him, and they lost his backup in the very first game without him, Brandon Clark. And Clark's been a mainstay for them off the bench. He's been a monster for the Grizz. Uh, you know he really has. He's been monster monster's not the right word. He's been a key contributor for them off the bench, night in, night out. So now. Not only his bench production because he had to move to the starting lineup, he loses starting lineup production and Jackson's starting lineup production. This 0-1 slide for the Grizzlies is not an accident. I expect it to continue. Now, nine and a half is a lot of points. If the number comes this high, you know it may not be the optimal spot to fade Memphis. That being said, they'll be on the second night of back-to-backs. They got Sacramento on Friday night. For me, Memphis is a one-way team right now. If I'm playing a Grizzlies game. I'll be betting against them.
3: We know the Miami Heat started off the season on an incredible run at home. Of late, you look at their last nine games. They're 2-7 and seven straight up. They're 2-7 and seven against the spread. But only two of those games were at home. The, all the losses were on the road. They are, however, coming off a home loss to the Timberwolves, 129-126. That as a 10.5-point favorite. Losing at home as a double-digit favorite. Now they're going to be hosting the Mavs. Your take on? Excuse me, I jumped ahead and uh, the Heat. The excuse me, no, the are and the Brooklyn Nets. The Heat are playing the Mavs tonight and then playing back to back tomorrow. My apologies.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the Nets are, have a back to back situation tomorrow uh, as well. So it's not like one team uh, comes in with extra rest over the other. Nets have their own uh, showdown tonight. But, I mean, the quotes coming out of Miami are not positive right now, but they are showing a real sense of urgency. Goran Dragic saying, you know, hey, this is when we got to step it up. Uh, (laughs) uh, And obviously the opposite thing has happened. And the losses they've suffered, seven of the last nine. Last two, what is it, the Hawks and the T-Wolves? Teams that Miami expects to beat. Um, Brooklyn's a team Miami expects to beat. And Brooklyn... They're having problems down the stretch of tight games, and it's been really noticeable since the All-Star break. We saw it in, the, in the, the overtime loss against the Sixers. We saw it again this past week. During crunch time, teams are going on runs against the Nets because the Nets are struggling to create offense when other teams tighten up their defensive intensity. Miami wins tonight. I think they may well be a team to back again tomorrow. Brooklyn? You know, uh, we've seen Kenny Atkinson talk the talk about the Nets will be just fine. We don't need Kyrie. We don't need Durant. They look pretty mediocre to me right now. I look at Miami as a team with a lot more upside for this coming weekend. My powering number, Miami minus six. I think that might be a little bit short.
3: Orlando travels to face the Spurs. The Spurs, the TC number minus two. The Magic five straight overs on the road. They've gone three and two straight up in ATS their last five away from home.
2: Yeah, and that's a bad number because Orlando plays tonight. Uh, I don't think I factored that in. I would make the Spurs probably in the range of the three, three and a half, depending on what happens uh, with Orlando this evening. We talked about the Magic uh, playing with I don't know they're playing with pace. They've been hitting shots. You know, Aaron Gordon's been hitting. Uh, We've seen Aaron Fournier. uh, And Aaron Fournier is like the, the X factor for the Magic. You know, they pay him big money, and he doesn't show up every night. When he's in good form, the Magic are a lot better. Spurs returned home for the rodeo road trip, lost again. Does not look to me like San Antonio is a team that's primed to put together a significant playoff push over the course of the last month. That being said, especially with Aldridge still hurt, all that said, the quotes coming out of San Antonio are, we're going to keep pushing, we'll be just fine. I don't know that I trust Orlando in this point spread range. It's probably Spurs or Pass in their must-win spot. But, of course, the must-win spot could well be priced into the number.
3: All right. Uh, Philadelphia, 2-11 and straight up their last 13 road games. 1-12 and against the spread their last 13 road games. Losing to Cleveland as a seven and a half point favorite. How high will this line go against the Clippers on Sunday?
2: You know, it'll be double digits, I would think. Uh 10, 10 and a half, 11, 11 and a half. Uh, you know, my power number is ten and a half. But the markets with Embiid out and with Simmons out, they certainly didn't price Philadelphia like an elite team against the Cavs or the Knicks, for that matter, in their two games uh that they just played. You talked about those road woes. And until proven otherwise, the markets are not going to be on Philly plus the points. You know, and from a broach perspective, it hasn't gotten better. I'm always thinking, yeah, yeah, that's all in the past. They're about to turn it around. We've seen no signs of that from the Sixers. Clips coming off what I consider to be a very poorly played game against Phoenix. They should have lost that game. They ended up winning and covering. I was lucky to cash with L.A. minus the points in that one. They were not efficient. They didn't play well. And it's a Clips team that's still figuring out there a lot of new additions for L.A. at the trade-down. You know, we talk about a championship-level squad. or a championship-level squad that basically remade their roster in a very real way <laughs> less than a month ago. This isn't the point spread range that I like the Clips in. That said, taking the Sixers requires a leap of faith that I don't have. Lakers
3: 118. Pelicans 109 on February 25th. Rematch Sunday. Who comes out victorious?
2: Oh, Pelicans, man. <laughs> uh, they were into the game last time. They'll be into the game this time. And they'll be catching the Lakers in the second of back-to-backs. That's going to wrap it up for the weekend preview edition from Wager Talk. Enjoy the games and good luck. Thank you so much for watching. A tuned. Food- Loads of the programming all weekend long, right here on the Sports Grid.